It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm going to bring in Mary Kay Cabot here in one sec, but first, it is new, and that means it's a time to remind the good people of the world that FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook, unquestioned, undeniably. Right now, brand new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use with a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And with that, our Hall of Famer, I forgot to hit the button. It is Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer. What's up, Mary Kay? Hey, guys. How you doing? Mary Kay. Before we start, since you're a Hall of Famer, Mary Kay, did they give you a gold jacket or a ring or a bracelet or anything <laughs> to let people know or license plate to say I'm a Hall of Famer? What did they give you for that? Well, right now I'm in the Cleveland Press Club Hall of Fame, not in the regular Hall of Fame in Canton yet, but hopefully that will happen over the next few years. Oh, it'll happen. So you get a key it to, will happen, a Mary key Kay. to the city? I'm hoping for a, a gold jacket or maybe some kind of a gold dress. There you go. It is. Be nice. I love it. That is. That's awesome. We don't really. Hall of Famers don't hang out with us. Yeah. You know, we're kind of low lowbrow company. So whenever we have a Hall of Famer on, we're all enamored by it. Um, so, what are your thoughts as this team gets ready to turn the page to the Ravens? This for for me, you know, when the schedule comes out, there's like five or six that jump off of it. Obviously, the divisional games uh, are there, but this year. <laughs> Because the Ravens have proven sort of to be the standard in the division, I think this is as big as the Niners game, probably bigger because it is divisional. What's your take on where the Browns are and how they're situated going going into this? I think it is bigger than the Niners game, as you mentioned, because it is a huge AFC North battle. Uh, The Ravens are just humming along. They're playing so well this year. Lamar has taken his game to a new level under Todd Monk, and so he's playing really, really well. And that defense, my goodness, uh, they are putting the clamps on offenses. They are number one in allowing about 13 points a game only, and they lead the NFL with 35 sacks. They're coming from everywhere. I think the, the Ravens are going to be playing with their hair on fire. I think the Browns are going to be so fired up for this game. It will be playoff intensity. And I think it's good for them that they kind of warmed up uh, against the Cardinals. And they got, you know, they, they're feeling good about themselves as they head into this game. They shouldn't feel too good about themselves because they just beat a one and eight team. But there still is something to be said for for heading into Baltimore with a little bit of swag, feeling like you can take on the world. Mary Kay, what is what about the offensive line? Obviously, Jail Wills went down. What do you think the logical uh, next move for them to take so they can be ready for Baltimore? Well, they do have some options, but 
I think what I would do in this situation, and I don't know, we'll know a little bit more maybe when we get out to practice tomorrow. Uh, today, of course, is their off day. Uh, but what I would do is I would probably just plug James Hudson in there at left tackle and let the other players continue to play to their strengths. I would keep Dewan Jones where he is over there at right tackle. I would keep Joel Batonio, who has played some left tackle, where he is at left guard. Because I'll tell you what, these Baltimore Ravens are so strong all the way across that line that it almost does doesn't matter where you have your guys. I mean, you've got to be stout all the way across. And, you know, the guys in the middle, Roquan Smith and those guys are, are, are really, really strong as well. So this is a really, really formidable Baltimore Ravens defense. I would put James in over at left tackle and then just give him some of the help that he's probably going to need. <laughs> uh, Mary Kay, uh, you know, me in a, in a panel, we're talking about this a little bit earlier. And um, this game against Baltimore, um, we talked about the fan base actually getting behind Deshaun Watson and trying to silence some of the detractors that may be in the fan base. Well, if he can go into a, a hostile environment in Baltimore with a defense like this and play well and get a win, I think this is this could be a marquee signature win for Deshaun Watson um, that really shows you know the people of Cleveland what type of quarterback he is, especially given the way they're playing defensively in Baltimore. And you get a, a share of the AFC North lead if you do go in there and, and win that football game. Yeah, there's so much at stake here. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about Deshaun Watson heading into this game. I think he can't make it too big for himself. I think he's got to stay right within himself and not put too much pressure on himself in this game as though it's Super Bowl or bust if he doesn't win this game. So, I, you know, I think he's got to continue to build on what he did last week. It was a good confidence booster for him to see that he could let it rip a little bit, complete a 59-yarder, complete a 49-yarder. But if he puts too much pressure on and starts pressing, uh, he's going to make mistakes mistakes because you can't get away with those kinds of things against the Baltimore Ravens. They will make you pay. And there are other players back in this game that didn't even play in the first game, like Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Williams. So these guys are going to be, you know, pretty strong, pretty stout. And, you know, I think Deshaun is going to have to make sure that he stays under control and he keeps that poise. We've seen games where he's gotten uh, flagged and, you know, he just has to, he's got to be the leader. They have to be able to look to him and see that he is cool, calm, collected, poised, and that he just has the belief and knowledge that he can go out and beat this team in the way that he knows that he can. All of that being said, Mary Kay, uh, we were talking about it earlier and, G had made the point that there, there's still a lot of criticism of Deshaun Watson. And, you know, I went through the litany of reasons probably why. First of all, his play has not been what fans expected. He replaced a, uh, a polarizing Baker Mayfield, who say what you will, ended the drought and, and, and led the team to a playoff victory over Pittsburgh. Uh, and I hear what you're saying. You can't make any game too big because you're just adding pressure. But... In our discussion of how he wins this fan base over, I said it's simple. It's winning games like this. I mean, this is a critical game, and I know he's not going to downplay it in his mind, but we also can't make it less than what it is. He was brought here to take this team to a Super Bowl. You can't take this team to a Super Bowl if you don't get past Baltimore. And I, 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 I think that you know this is it for him. He's got to play well in games like this. 
Well, this is the reason why you paid him $230 million to come here to the Cleveland Browns and get this team to the Super Bowl. So, yes, these are the very games that you have to win. Uh, but the point that I am trying to make, and I feel very strongly about this, is the fact that that Deshaun can't get outside of himself. He's got to play within himself because that's when he will be at his best. That's when he will get in the zone. If he gets rattled like he did in Pittsburgh after that first interception and when Nick Chubb went down, if he gets rattled at all in this game and they're going to try to rattle him, uh, then he will not be at his best. And remember, he's only one game back from a strained rotator cuff. And, I, you know, it's good for him that he got the confidence that he needed against the Cardinals. But, you know, he's still probably a little bit shaky. And we saw that on a lot of those shorter passes. So if some of those shorter passes go like that again, because you never know how this rotator cuff is going to respond. It seemed like he could let it rip and open it up on some of the longer passes, but struggled on some of the shorter ones. They're going to make him get the ball out quickly. They're going to pressure the heck out of him. And by all means, they are going to try to hit him and get him as rattled as they possibly can. They're going to disrupt this quarterback. I'll tell you what, that's what they're going to try to do. And they're going to try to use James Hudson to do it and anybody else that they possibly can. And Deshaun Watson has got to stay poised and calm and make the plays that he knows that he can make. And if he does that, then I think he has a chance. Mary Kay, what, when you look at the, the 28 to three loss, what were some of the key things that stood out that you think the Browns have fixed and will be better at moving forward? Well, they're going to have to be able to stop the run this game. And they did not do that uh, the last game. And it kind of caught them off guard. And then they kind of sprung a leak again in the run game in the previous three or four games before the Cardinals game. So they're going to have to batten down the hatches there in the run game. And now, as we know, the Baltimore Ravens have a new rookie of the week rusher uh, in Mitchell, who's out there, you know, rushing for 138 yards against the Seahawks. And, uh, you know, so it, it's going to be very, very challenging for, you know, for the Browns to be able to stop the run because it's going to come from a number of different places, including, of course, Lamar Jackson. Uh, so they're going to have to take care of that. They're going to have to make sure that, you know, now they're going to have Odell Beckham Jr. to contend with, and they didn't have that in the first game. Uh, they're going to have a couple of other things that they had to deal with. I think the, the Ravens are healthier this game, and Lamar is more well-versed in Todd Munkin's scheme. Todd is bringing out uh, the well-rounded quarterback in Lamar Jackson. He's turning him into a really nice passer, as you can see there. 71.5 completion percentage, wow. nine touchdowns, only three interceptions. Now, the Browns' defense, they are getting – takeaways now they're getting those takeaways uh, and they're going to have to continue to do that miles is going to have to have uh, a game of his life he's going to have to have a game for the ages a generational edge rusher type of game i mean this is going to be the kind of football game where your stars are going to have to shine and come up big we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed Mary Kay, um, one, one guy that we talked about, you talked about the Baltimore Ravens run game, but the Keith Browns' uh, rushing, t rushing attack has been, um, you know, consistent. Still missing the, the punch that Nick Chubb offered. Um, I, I've liked Pierre Strong. I, I, I think that he's deserved more carries. 
Um, he did his thing in Seattle, and then the next game against Arizona, it seemed like he only had three three carries, and the bulk of the load went to Jerome Ford. Is there a reason Kevin Stefanski um, is invested in Jerome Ford? Because a lot of people are saying Pierre Strong looks like a guy that can be a back that, that really runs hard between the tackles and picks up some nice yards. Well, you know, I think they're trying to some degree to stay true to the fact that Jerome Ford is their lead back, their workhorse back, and, you know, and they want to give him the opportunity to be everything uh, that he can be. But as you mentioned, Pierre Strong provides speed. He provides good hands out of the backfield, a nice change up to Jerome, helping to keep Jerome fresh when he's coming off of a high ankle sprain or still dealing with a high ankle sprain. Uh, you know, completely different style than a Kareem Hunt, who is your bruiser and your power back. So I think the three of these guys make a really nice committee. And I think they will be able to keep the Ravens off guard a little bit. So I, I think they're getting the running game accomplished. I always thought that they would. Nobody can be Nick Chubb in and of themselves. But when you put all these guys together, you know, they are getting the running game accomplished and they're number three in the NFL right now in rushing yards per game. So it seems to be working. Mary Kay, what is the status on G new? I mean, Cam Mitchell came in there and I thought he played very solid. Um, I know he can hold it down against Baltimore, but is G new coming back this week or what's what's that about? Well, you know, he's going to want to. And if there's any way he can, he will be out there. So, uh, you know, I think he'll have a chance. We'll know more on Wednesday. Uh, you know, he's not going to want to miss this game against the Baltimore Ravens. There's no question about that. But you're right. Cam Mitchell graded out really, really well in that game. And, you know, he can hold down that nickel spot. But again, I, I think that we need to temper the enthusiasm of the performances that we saw against the Cardinals just a little bit, because this is going to be a completely different level of football on Sunday in Baltimore. Mary Kay, one of the things that uh, we've looked at closely is this defense. And, you know, I think I think it was the top three of the top okay. four yeah, defensive some. performances in terms of net yards allowed has uh, have come from this Browns defense. I, I keep wondering, is have we seen the ceiling to this defense? Because they were missing the turnover element. Now they've thrown the turnovers in there. Uh, they're setting the bar pretty high. I don't. Can they play any better? Yes, they can. They absolutely can. And we haven't seen the ceiling for this defense yet. And here's why. Uh, because now other guys are starting to get involved. It's not just the Miles Garrett show, and it shouldn't be. I mean, good for him that, you know, that he has his nine and a half sacks and he's firmly in the conversation for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. But when you're a really, really good defense, uh, you get all of these other guys involved and you spread around all the production and all the dogs eat and everybody feels good about themselves. And when they know that they have a chance to go out there and light it up and tear it up, then you're going to get their best games as well. So when you start to see some of these other guys, you saw Delvin Tomlinson get two and a half sacks in that game. When you start to see Z uh, get some of his production, then these guys are going to be even more motivated when they go into a football game. So that mm -hmm. is where I think uh, you can see that the improvement can still come. And I think it will, especially now that they're getting those takeaways. It's hard to imagine this defense can get better, but she makes great points. You know, if, the, if, if everything is clicking, um, then th there's still some room for improvement. I hope we see some of that 
against Baltimore. Well, speak, speaking of clicking, is this the clicking week for Elijah Moore? I, I'm still holding out hope, <laughs> Mary Kay. I, I stood on this show and said that this dude would be the key of this offense, and I'm waiting. I'm just, please, don't make me look bad. Like, come on now. Is this the week? Mary Kay's not well, going to make me look bad. <laughs> no, not Mary Kay. <laughs> Elijah Moore is, though. I, I've been right with you on that on the Elijah train. I have been right with you uh, because I watched it from day one at the Greenbrier in practice, all the different things that they did with him. And so far, it hasn't popped. It hasn't come yet. He hasn't had his breakout game. But we must remember that the first half of the season had a lot to do with in the beginning they were trying to figure out all right what do we do with him how does it work in a game let's see let's get in the flow and see how this goes and then they ran into quarterback problems Mm -hmm. so i think the upside is still there uh, for him to have a really really nice finish to the season and i think he needs to if he wasn't going to then they needed to go out and find another receiver and they didn't do that Mm -hmm. so he's got to elevate his game. They have to find ways to make sure that they're getting him involved. I think a little bit deeper for Elijah Moore is is something that, you know, that might work a little bit better for him at times. Uh, I would minimize the running for him out of the backfield. I would just focus on the shorter, intermediate, and longer passing game for him. And now Marquise Goodwin is in the concussion protocol. So you're going to need that element of speed. So I would go deep to Elijah Moore uh, a little bit more than they have so far. Man, we, we haven't talked about this a lot because, you know, the season is upon us and in the middle of the season, we really, we really game the game. But when you look at uh, Kevin Stefanski, um, you know, if the Browns continue to win and, and, and in terms of the quarterback play gets better after all you went through with Nick Chubb and, and him being out and, and uh, Deshaun Watson being out as well and the job he's doing, if the Browns were able to make the playoffs, do you think um, he is in, in – and do for an extension or extension talks, which haven't happened with very many coaches since 1999. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think he's done a really remarkable job this year, considering everything that's gone on at the quarterback situation. And again, when you look at this football game that they are about to play on Sunday, did anybody think that they would be without their two starting tackles and their four-time all, their four-time Pro Bowl running back in Nick Chubb. I mean, that's the, you know, those are the pillars of your, you know, your wide zone running scheme right there. So uh, he's had to pivot a lot, especially um, in the quarterback situation. But, um, you know, I think he's doing a, a fantastic job with what he's had to work with, really held it together during a very, very difficult and challenging time with Deshaun and the rotator cuff. Uh, but you got to bring it home. You know, they, they have to bring it home. This is all, uh, you know, in place right now for them to make the playoffs and they have to go do that. I think they will. They have a really good chance to do that. Uh, but, you know, they have to keep going strong. Mary Kay, when you obviously this team has struggled with turnovers this year, you know, with taking care of the football. And I think last game, I don't think they had a turnover. What do you accredit that to? You know, is that is it because Arizona is not that great of a team or do you think that they really learn how to take care of the football? Well, once again, I think we will find out a little bit more about that on Sunday in Baltimore because you know they are going to be so aggressive in trying to punch that ball out and trying to pluck that ball out of the air, trying to force those fumbles, get those strip sacks. Uh, So, you know, we will know the answer to that a little bit more over the next two weeks, actually, against the Ravens and the Steelers. Uh, But in this past game, I think it was a couple of things. Uh, I think that, you know, you had Deshaun Watson back. 
when you look at the turnovers, the two backup quarterbacks had um, eight interceptions in their four appearances and one lost fumble. So they accounted for nine of the league leading 17 giveaways on this football team. So when you get your QB one back, then, you know, that starts to settle down. But once again, that's another reason why I think Deshaun Watson is going to have to stay within himself in this game so he doesn't start throwing interceptions. That's the last thing they need. Yeah, they certainly don't need that. He's going to have to take care of the football. Mary Kay, thanks for joining us. We always appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, When when we were talking, (laughs) it it hit me uh, about – because I, I wasn't here the Monday after the loss two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get a chance to really gauge your guys' uh, reaction or the fan reaction. I mean, was it as obvious <laughs> on the show as it seemed as I was watching the game? What did you, it, what'd you say? Well, why are you throwing the ball? Yeah. Oh, that's where you was? Yeah. See, I wasn't all the way upset about that. My anger came at the defense. Yeah, that was an issue for sure. That was the biggest the biggest issue to me. Why? Because they gave up after the interception. They gave up the the yeah. three four plays in a row. Yeah, and it was a walk in. So they didn't even touch his jersey. No, I, but but they're they're not in that point. They're not. In, I, and it wasn't even a picking up the first down. Every the group that I was watching with, it was all my teammates. We were watching it. and I said, simple. If they throw on this play, we lose. If we run on this play, we win. I, I, I don't know. See, that's, that's because even if you run and you don't get it, because they were saying, "No, you got to, you got to pick it up, you got to pick it up." No, you don't. Punt. See, and now, yep. and that was run. The, if you don't get it, see, you punt. You got to go ninety yards. And I hear that, but they had to go what 53, 50, They went fifty-seven yards. Fifty-seven. In, in so a minute and three seconds. Well, what's harder, fifty-seven <laughs> yards or ninety yards? I don't know. Thirty yards. So the way that that guy walked in that end zone, I don't know. He could have we'll walked in for thirty more yards. Well, they t- clearly wouldn't have been in that position. So my were- point, my point is this: the defense is what kind of kept you in this whole game. You go down fourteen nothing. Your, your team comes back. You got the lead. So put it in the hands of the defense. Defense, exactly. Yeah. So I punt think, the football and give them a chance. It still was in their hands anyway. Just because they was, threw an interception right. doesn't was, mean that again, you stop playing defense. It's just degree defense. of difficulty. Would you rather your team have to go 57 yards to win the game or 90? Probably 90. Are you talking yeah, about no? I know you weren't here, but if I'm on defense, I'd rather go them go back. 90. Yes, of course. Yeah, we can't go two weeks back with Baltimore on the horizon. We can't. We can't. No, I know we now. can't. Yeah. But it hit me when we were when, when I was listening to Mary Kay. I'm like, I wanted to know what the fan reaction on the show was. Was oh. it as obvious? All it was. So all they talked Jay? about was third and three. I got and, the post game yeah. show that literally 30 calls was all third oh, and three. Good. So you know they got that right. The great part about it, McNuggets, was, and this is what I've been asking for forever, Seattle game, we believe he should have ran the ball in third and three. You notice I didn't say nothing about uh, 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 Jerome Ford having 2.2 yards per carry. Right. Right. He got 20 carries for, what, 40 yards, 2.2 yards or something mm-hmm. like yeah, that. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. Uh, but here's the, pro- here's the part. They did what they were supposed to. Sometimes you run it and you run it just because you need to establish that I'm here. I'm going to run this football. Yeah. You can't be is, one dimensional. This is what we doing. Yeah. And if, even if it ain't working, people say, well, gee, it, it wasn't working. We got to pass the ball. No, that's not necessary. Necessarily true. You can get into a position where the run isn't there and the run might not break long runs, but what you're doing is you're keeping your quarterback out of harm's way. 
you're not throwing the ball a hundred thousand times with a quarterback change your shoulder. Keeping them guessing. And you're keeping them honest. Yeah. Well, you know, on that last, you talking about the Seattle draft? No, I'm talking about the, against the Cardinals. Oh, against yeah. the Cardinals, they like, listen, we're content to hand this ball off. And oh, yeah, you, yeah. They, I think it, it's a mentality thing. You letting your offensive line know, like, I see that y'all dominate and keep right. going. Let me, right. let me right, just right. keep riding that way. Yeah. Okay, where are we going? Uh, PFF grades? We're going to grade some PFF grades, and we're going straight up how did PFF do. Before we do that, FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and if you're looking to win money in the sports gambling industry, you better be using FanDuel because they are giving $150 to new customers right now in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. All right, guys, I'm going to give you a PFF grade. You tell me how the PFF graders did in terms of delivering the grade. And I'm going to just give a little spoiler alert now. PFF was very kind to the Browns, and rightfully so, in their grading this week. We'll start with the only offensive player on the list. We're going to do mostly defense because the defense was phenomenal and they graded out super high. But Deshaun Watson, according to PFF, a 78.5, his second highest grade as a member of the Cleveland Browns. Do you agree with PFF? How did PFF do in terms of grading Deshaun Watson? What are we saying here? A, B, C, D. A, B, C, D. If they get an A, if you think that's spot on, an F if you think it's way far off. Yeah. I, I agree with it's his, it was his second best game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, with it wasn't that. as good as Tennessee, yeah. but I think that feels a little bit high. I mean, his QBR was 41? 41.5. 41.5? Yeah, his I QB think, rating was 107.5. I wonder which why. I don't know how they exactly measure those metrics. Yeah, yeah. I don't either. I They're too confusing who, to understand. I, but You said his QBR was 41? I don't understand that. How, but two, yeah. two, two touchdowns, no picks. Completed 19 out of 30. I, didn't, over I don't understand that I don't either. get that. I don't understand. I mean, he completed almost 65% of his passes. Yeah. And he didn't throw a pick. But 78, that sounds about right. Okay. For a, I thought a it, decent I thought, game. What, what I was thinking what it was going to be, I said I, I, it's probably going to be between 70 and 75. And I when, think it was just a little high. And when, you, and when you go back and listen, when you go back and watch uh, the All-22, um, some of the throws that were very easy, the little dink and dunk ones who he was missing. But he was throwing them on the run. Yeah. He was like scrambling there at the last minute. He just, Ush. But they weren't even that bad. There was one, the one to the tight end, um, he threw it way too low on a stick route. Um, the, a couple of them, um, he threw one to Kareem Hunt who was running like a shallow cross. He threw it late when he was on the run. But some of them weren't that bad. Like, like Njoku actually dropped one of those passes. It was a little off or whatever. But when you go back and look at it, it on a second thought from the end zone, the, the passes aren't as bad as you thought. Like, yeah. Because you were like, oh, my I God. saw one on the All-22 that was one of the best throws I've seen him make in an orange helmet. The one with, that with, I sent? With, with, outside of Clemson. The one that I sent to you in the chat? The one yes. that you with, said got, would have got picked off? Yeah. That is that, a that's tough throw. <laughs> that is a tough throw outside the numbers. <laughs> and it was like he didn't throw it through a window. He threw it through – uh, closing elevator doors yeah, right, yeah. 50 yards away yeah, on a rope. Yeah. I can't believe he, he, he even threw, had the confidence to even throw that. Like, You're that right. It does goal. take a lot of confidence. But here's what I said <laughs> when I saw it. Okay. 
Oh, like, I don't want to hear about bad arms. you don't make that throw with a bad arm. Everybody was at home chilling. Everybody they own individual individual parts of the world. We like. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I see you. That's why you give up three, three first-round draft picks okay. for throws like that. A lot of throws like that. I agree. Consistently. Multiple that. throws like that. And, and I'm see, about to say, he ain't just do it once. He did it. He, he had a couple of throws times. in this a game. teaser for next week. This is an Earl the Pearl topic suggestion that we have to do a little digging on, but we're going to look up the five best throws Deshaun's made as a Brown. And I do think at least one or two could have been from that Arizona game. This, Earl doesn't think his best throw is from Arizona, and he's got some other ones. It's from Washington, so we're gonna go isn't through it? The, uh, we're going to go through the archives. We're going to watch it okay. all now, back. Did, did he talk to his cousin before this? Is that, Earl, did you consult your ghostwriter on this? I don't have a ghostwriter. I can confirm <laughs> that I own my own masters. All my tapes is mine. I am an independent artist unsigned. Wait, is he, what is this? This sounds to me oh, like he's got is, a burner account. Hey, listen, no, 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 he, no, no, they, at the tailgate. We, we was at the tailgate. I'll give you the simplified story. We was at the tailgate. We had to pull up on Earl's cousin. Earl's cousin, he's a legend down in the Muni lot. They cooking out. They grilling. Every every game since 99. We come up to him. He say, yeah, my cousin, man. I'm, I'm like, yeah, Earl, man, good dude, bro. That's like my bro. He's like, listen, he's fraudulent. <laughs> <laughs> what? Said, all, all his takes are my takes. He calls... <laughs> He calls <laughs> he calls me when he takes his daughter to school and I and I'm telling him we conversating back and forth and by the time he get on UCSS or behind the glass I'm hearing myself talk I said so what are you saying Jeez. sir he said I'm saying I'm I'm ghostwriting all them takes I said bro you I had to go I got to had to talk Hey to Jay her. I told him he going to have to come see me for that yeah going to have to come see me come for that me So wait a minute we then can blame him <laughs> For your Donovan, Donovan Mitchell take. <laughs> you off the hook. No, that's all me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that you should have seen. Right. Hey, you he had a chance to roll on his cousin right there, and he didn't. He, that, that he, was a, that he was ten his, toes. That was his viral moment. He's going to keep that viral moment. All I right. will, too. All right, we're going to go to the uh, defensive players for the Browns. we got a bunch of these. We're going to run through them pretty quickly, though. Once again, the Browns, according to PFF, according to the eye test, absolutely laid a you-know-what on the Arizona Cardinals they and did. the PFF grades back it. We're going to go highest to lowest graded Browns players from PFF. You guys tell me if you agree. Highest graded Browns defensive player. How about Taki Taki? Really? Whoa. grade. Really? 93. I, I, I didn't I see don't. him. As, how did he, many, how did many, he have a pick this game? Yeah. He had a pick, yeah. How, how, many, yeah, how many plays did he play? 26 snaps. I don't know about that. I... <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. No, we both on the same way. Uh, what you got? C plus. Okay, you're being nice. I don't he, he got a pick. He, he did bait him. He I mean, he had the pick. Yeah, yeah, he did. He it did. was a nice big move, but I don't know. I didn't see much. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe. yeah it wasn't a lot to. But it wasn't high. a lot to see, though. Like, I I would not have named him <laughs> in my top three. Probably my top five. I would have went well, straight D line. I bet you the next two would not be who you have in your top three either. Wow. Number two, the second highest graded Browns defensive player, Shelby Harris, 91 points. I mean, he had a good game. He stood out. He had a good game. I don't know about no 91, but. I like that. I like that. I, 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 I had to go back and check that. I like that. Yeah, a I a on that minus. one. I got a B plus for sure. Like, uh, What did you love about Shelby Harris? Man, listen, he set the tone off, man. Like, uh, 
I thought his get-offs was much better. Like, the first few few weeks of the season, he didn't have the level of get-off he was having in Seattle. I thought he did a good job uh, starting the party off with the pass rush. He was in the backfield, and his penetration looked very well. And here's the thing. You notice he's getting more playing time now because Maurice Hurst is balling. He is playing. He's playing. Jordan Elliott is balling. Yeah. Um. So, for All Shelby Harris to be getting this many snaps, and didn't take advantage of him. He had the strip sack against the quarterback. He had a tackle for loss. I thought he was disruptive all game. All right, very good. All right, next up, the highest graded member of the secondary. Real quick, who do you think it is? Grant Denzel. Dale. Grant Dale Pitt. Three different answers. Martin three? Emerson didn't get thrown to. He had no, no, no true target. So it might be Martin Emerson. Three incorrect answers. How about Cam Mitchell? A 91.3 in 36 snaps. Man, what the hell are they seeing? <laughs> I don't know what he did. Hold on. What's his stats? Three tackles, three stops, five targets, two catches. No. <laughs> he allowed seven yards on, on two catches. I just I, – I, I, And one pass breakup. Yeah. I could go B minus two. I mean, just, I just think it's off. What is wrong with you? What do you – what? He knew get well soon. <laughs> yeah, but that's a fact. If your boy, <laughs> if your man, your literal guy, Wally your Pitts. literal, your literal <laughs> dude you went to school with, to jump it. in here get and get you a ninety what? I know. I don't think G News graded that high. Uh, I know. I know for a fact. I've been charging him. He has not had a wait a minute. In his it was Arizona career. though. Do you think all these grades got bumped up seven points because it was a shutout? Yep. Like you get all seven yep. seven points on to everybody. Yep. Well, there were twelve players on the defense that graded above a seventy, which is absurd. I'm telling you, I think they all got a bump because it was a shutout. Hey, listen, just and like your wife automatically is well, better. Well, then it's all fraudulent. Your wife better. Your wife automatically looks ten times <laughs> better on her anniversary. Seven points. And if she don't, you better lie. The PS. Yeah, right. right. Next up, and these are some names that we definitely saw play a little more. Miles Garrett. The first time in his career, he is graded at an 89.6 and wasn't the Browns' highest graded defensive player. He was technically fourth, but still had an 89.6. A phenomenal See, that's, that's not fair because that's not fair because al- a- although he didn't make the play, he was the reason why everybody else made they play. And you know what? You're supposed to, on PFF, get points for that. That's what I'm saying. And so an why is it now he's at 89? Why well, He should be a 90. And 80, yeah. 89 is so high. But he's been 90 all it season. Is. It's so, so high, high, but I think That's everybody, not fair. everybody is inflated across the board. He <laughs> uh, did have seven sacks and two picks. And they only got 58 yards. Now, you know what? And a force fumble. I, and a force. <laughs> they, they, they really, they really. They checked the box they, on everything. They, they, yeah, they, it was. The, they, I they mean, they were back. playing Looney Tune at quarterback. Yeah, it, was like, I, it was nothing. Yeah, fun. They should have performed the way they did. It was nothing that they did. That get. offense, I, I, I don't. It was horrendous. I don't see anything in that offense I could get excited about. All right, next up. No. Is it Darius Smith? 87.9. I was going to say, he's got to be mid to high 80s. These are all in order. Like, I, 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 these are in order. I'm not quiet as kept. Quiet. He, he two weeks back to back sacks. He's going to like. Let me let me say this. Zadarius Smith going back to Baltimore. Zadarius Smith better be the Zadarius Smith that he was not not in, in, in Minnesota. He got to go 
Zadarius Smith Green Bay. What was his grade? I didn't see it. 87.9. Another super high grade. They're all, I'm telling you, I think they all got seven points added to their scores. Well, we're going to fight through the rest because they're all that, close, What yeah. does it say? TFL, sacks, interception, forced fumble, shutout. Yeah. yeah. It ain't nothing the they didn't do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, next up was Denzel Ward, who did have a pick, an 86.1. Too low. Yeah, I think too that's low. too low, too. <laughs> According to PFF, he allowed one Ooh, catch F. for 14 yards on four targets, 25% catch rate. Too low. Yeah. One PBU he, and the interception. C minus. First of all, have it, you talked to Denzel? Nope. I, I would love to. to know what the <laughs> difference has been for him this year to last. You want me to Is fire? it scheme? Is it coordinator? Is <laughs> it personal? You know, like. I can find out. He me. left the shadow <laughs> of Denzel Ward because that's what he was last year. He was Denzel's shadow. He was a shadow of himself. He, and now he's back to, oh, Denzel Ward. It looked like. The $100 million man. It, but here, no, yes. Here's the thing. No, he looked like he liked playing football again. Sometime, yeah, that's why I threw the first so, one I just there. think Something it's. was off with him last the, year. It's the biggest difference of the whole defense. It's, he, he plays with an edge. And he playing. He, he does it's play the with swag. Like and he's playing to a strength. I'm that dude. Like, I'm so like So you think that. it's more scheme and just I think I think it's mental. Swartz related. I just, yeah, I just think Swartz came in there and said, listen, y'all the baddest MFers on the planet. Go out there and play like I you. know it was against the Cardinals, but the thought that popped into my head while I was watching all of these different guys on the defensive front make plays, I'm like, oh, this is what Philly looked like when he was in Philly. Yeah. They just, they're bringing in waves <laughs> of guys. You're like, oh, I forgot about him. He's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted Isaiah McGuire to get him sacked, man. <laughs> he did was in the game. I said, who's the game? Yeah, he in the game. Speaking of that, did you guys see Perrion Winfrey got picked up? By, by the, the Jets. Jets. Well, like, the guy who's here playing defensive tackle in place of Perrion Winfrey, Dalvin Tomlinson, had three sacks. He graded out at 85.4. I would have thought that'd be higher. I, I think that'd be too higher, higher too. First of, all, first of all, hold on, let me tell you this. <laughs> we made, gave, hey. made gay like five C's. I know. That's, well, look, I said dead, a couple weeks ago, PFF is yeah. dead to me. Yeah, I got to be consistent. This is F minus. That's blasphemy. Woo, that's, you can't get any worse. <laughs> because you don't know how hard it is for a nose tackle to get any sacks, period. Right. This man had three, like his name was Miles Garrett. Like he's seeing no <laughs> tackles get not doubled. They a get hat tripled. trick. Yeah. There's a guard. They always in a phone booth. There's a guard next to him in the center. It's there. harder. It's hard as hell from the middle. It's hard as hell to get there. Yeah. And he had three. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what? I'm with you. F minus. That's terrible. Terrible. PFF minus. <laughs> I like that. All right. Next up. Grant Delpit, who had another double digit tackle game. 84.7. God, I think he should be higher too. It's funny. There's a lot of guys that are high, too high, and then there's a, there's some guys that are too low. He was in the backfield tackling. Um, I mean, it ain't that far off. I, I would have had him at 86. I thought it would be plus. Like, what, no, he just, wasn't a 90 performance. And some of these other dudes weren't either, but they got him. <laughs> we ain't talking about him, though. Now PFF's dead to me. Yeah, yeah, they did to me. Too. It was already dead, and now it has been killed. It's, the it's, time. it's yeah, now, guys now the grass more. is growing on the grave until they say something that, that I agree with. The <laughs> last of the '80s for the Browns. Could it ever be a Agbo, eighty-three on the dot. Okay, yeah, you know that's uh, that's about right. Yeah. Got that one right. Okay, Agbo is pretty much an eighty-three in the game. If it now, was if you Matt, think about it, eighty-three it Matt, in a vacuum. 80- is a Phenomenal. great performance. Yeah, 80, 83 is nice. 
Like, you know, he just gets he gets overshadowed <laughs> by everybody else. Like, you know what, what I'm is saying? what is the highest recorded grade in PFF history? 90, I think in 96, Aaron Donald had like a 96, two or three yeah. years. So there, sure. so you can't get a hundred. No, I think technically you could get a hundred. Like get a hundred speed of man. Yeah, they've never done it. I, they give home. you two points off the second you step on the field. Yeah, ninety-eight. In ninety-six is the best that's ever been. I'll double check that's that, but wild. I do believe that is I've what seen it is. some defensive. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald has had some games though where you watch and you're like, oh, they can't do anything. Well, with I wa- I watched it in San Fran. I watched, I watched him take our guard and throw him into our quarterback for a sack. I watched him tackle our running back in one motion and strip him in one motion. It was the unbelievable. What is it, strength with him or instinct? It's hand, it's hand placement and strength. Wow. When he took that ball from our running back, I didn't know he had it, first of all. Our running back like kind of went flying. He like tackled him and went down. and just It was one motion. Pulled it. Boom. He gets up and he got the ball. And I'm just like, oh my God, this dude crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's another level. I said he elite. I see why they talk about it. He's yeah, elite. He's another elite. Level. <laughs> All right. According to PFF, the number one overall grade, I am wrong. I found a couple. Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle for the Bengals in week 15 of 2010, had a 98.4 overall Damn. grade. Mm. Uh, Logan Mankins in 2008 had a 98.2. He was with the Patriots, right? Your yep. boy Russell Wilson, tie in twenty eighteen, week five, ninety eight overall grade. No kidding! Wow. wow. Vernon Davis had a yeah ninety eight point four is the highest ever. All right, last last thing, real quick. Any name we haven't mentioned that you think should be in the eighties? That should be in the eighties. So a couple options here. These are guys who graded anywhere from <laughs> literally seventy eight to not so hot, but. Anthony Walker, Thornhill, Emerson, JOK, Elliot. Yeah, where was Thornhill? Thornhill <laughs> was uh, a 72.8. He ain't getting no action. No, I know. Amari Cooper. Emerson faced. No, he's, he's just, no, he's just defense. Oh. Amari Cooper had the exact same grade as Deshaun. He had a uh, 78.5. And the reason they gave him a 78 because uh, there was two plays on the uh, all 22 where he, he missed a block. To, yeah, he missed two blocks. Yeah, he missed a block. block. Like, there was and two was guys. Like, he missed the corner. He, he didn't block the corner or the walk down safety. Yeah. Like, yeah, he did. I watched it. I was in the booth. I was in the box <laughs> behind uh, Nathan and uh, Paul. And I was looking at it. I was like, oh, he olayed that yeah, team. He, he missed did. both yeah, of them. <laughs> yeah, he did. He was like, look. I see what they smoke. Yeah, they missed DPJ on that one. He won't no parts of that. No, I can't nitpick him because, I mean, he catches touchdowns what he does, but DPJ was the guy that was having out there taking them charges. But Cedric yeah, Tillman better right. get, he better step it up. Cedric Tillman missed one. No, Cedric Tillman missed a crazy block on the Nick Chubb uh, direct snap fake reverse. Nick just this, this this dude was supposed to block backside. He just walked right up to the dude and was like, mm, plays over. His guy. If you like tackle. Cedric Tillman and you like PFF grades, and this was not a, a great showing for the rook. We oh, got he, ten minutes though before we read yeah. some super chat today, and the Guardians have hired a new manager in Stephen Vogt. We touched on it quickly yesterday. You didn't get a chance to chime in on it, right? But I want to hear your thoughts on the Stephen Vogt hiring, and then I want to hear Tyvis and G on having a guy go from being a teammate to essentially a year later potentially being a guy's manager. This guy was in Major League Baseball in 2022, was a coach for one year, and now is the Guardian yeah. skipper. So I want to hear your, yeah, Jay, your thoughts I need you on to. the overall hire. I need you to tell me something good because I got thoughts. Well, I like him, number one. Let me get that out of the way. I liked him as a player. Great. Um, I like the fact that he's a catcher. I think catchers make the best managers. Okay. 
They have an intimate knowledge of all of the hitters. I think the fact that he was in the game so recently helps him tremendously. He knows the strengths and weaknesses of all these hitters because as a catcher, you have to. Mm -hmm. You have to know that certain hitters don't like certain pitches, certain spots. He's only a year removed from that. So all of that intimate knowledge of the hitters is at his fingertips. So I like that. He's very well thought of. I reached out after he was hired to some guys that I trust implicitly, and they cover the game on a regular basis. And they say, oh, you won't find anybody that can say anything bad about him. He's a sponge for information. He's very smart. He's Here's the interesting thing to me. Trends are so funny in sports. They really are. You know, obviously everything's copycatted. Mm-hmm. We don't want something works. You go with it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that baseball had gotten to, and I think this is one of the bad things about Moneyball, was they told us managers don't matter. They told us that in the book and in the movie. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of a placeholder. The real brains upstairs with the Ivy League degrees will figure out and tell you what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Well, the last two World Series winners are 76 and 68. And Bruce Bochy and Dusty Baker don't exactly go on the analytics chart. Right. They, they use analytics to mm. the right degree, but mostly it's gut, it's feel, it's instinct. It's knowing how to treat players like Tito did. So it's funny to me that they've also been underpaid. I've always thought that managers were underpaid, but yesterday the deal that Craig Council got to go to the Cubs was sort of a seismic move mm. in that spot. That's why the Guardians went with vote and not Council. Because the price got too high for vote. The Mets were <laughs> bidding for him. The Cubs were bidding for him. And the Guardians looked around and said, he, is this which free, of these is not like the other? Is this a and free, they left the office. Is this a free agent bat? Five years, yeah, 40 we million. We don't give our players that much money. <laughs> this is, you know, so, it? Um, so it's funny because, you know, the trend <laughs> over the last decade was, oh, you can win with anybody at manager. And they tried it, and it hasn't worked out. It really hasn't. It mm-hmm. has not worked out. And I think that Bochi and Baker have a lot to do with that. Obviously, they have a lot of talent. But this Rangers team that just won the World Series lost 100 games last year. And they brought Bochi in, and suddenly he waves the magic wand, and I guess managers do mean something. The Cubs figured that out. The Cubs said, we're going to go out and get the best available guy. And they... And they Bull was shocked that they got rid of Ross. I was stunned. I'm, I got to tell you, I worked with David Ross for a number of years at ESPN. Mm-hmm. I know him personally. I think he did a great job in Chicago. And I, I, when I saw it, clearly what they're thinking is we got a chance to get a lot better. Mm, and they did it. Now, time will tell whether or not the move pans out. But Ross is the same thing. Former catcher, well thought of, and not very far removed from nope. the game. I, was, I remember being upset that this guy kept hitting. I'm like, who's this guy? Yeah. Catchers are not supposed to be clutch. Why is he always on base? David Ross was a was a great player. Well, I'm and glad you great said guy, that. And I was stunned the Cubs fired him. Well, McNuggets had me thinking the other thing. He was like, he's like the Stephen Vault guy. He ain't he wasn't even that great of a catcher. And I was like, well, well he no. I was like, well, why would he, they? Yeah, a couple All Star appearances. Because oh, he, he was. A, <laughs> I think he made the All Star game a couple times. Yeah. No, he he was a very good backup catcher, but he was a backup catcher for a reason. Backup hey, catchers listen, go to All Star games. No, backup catchers don't go to All Star. <laughs> <laughs> and he said Number that, one. and I'm just like, if you want to call him a career oh, backup you know what? catcher, I take it back. 
I'll be damned. He made two All-Star games. I told Look, you. I thought he made two. I even knew. I was like, I even knew that. I was like, hold on. Let me look at his stats. So yeah, see, words do matter. Need, words need, matter, bro. Need, he's out here throwing that around like, yeah, he's a backup catcher. He wasn't very good. <laughs> he got two. And you know what, too? On, on that note, um, oftentimes, Tito uh, was a really, really highly touted player coming into the major leagues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He had injuries early. He wasn't a major league player. He wasn't a major league star. Yeah. He wasn't. Now he did one. He won the uh, the Golden Spikes Award at Arizona State or Arizona, <laughs> one of them, for the Francona? best best college player. Yeah, Arizona. he was a great college player, and he just had some injuries that derailed his pro career. But you know, oftentimes great managers weren't great players, and I think you know I, I'm fine with the hire. I think Jay, I think they got the right guy. No, you talk me into it because, like I say, when McNuggets said what he said at the beginning, yeah, no, I was like, well, that. why would they get a dude? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, why would they get a dude? Because if you don't, he must got a ton of knowledge. That's what I say. He must know the game like no yeah. other. It, because it, if I'm a former player, why would I listen to a guy who wasn't that great? See, Unless he's telling me something that I didn't know, then I will respect. Yeah, him. but you know, yeah. Tony Larusa. Wasn't a great player. Tony Larusa had a, a brilliant career as Wait, a manager. As Buck a, Showalter, he wasn't. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he got a great knowledge of the game. Yeah, if you can, have to have a good understanding. Players will gravitate to somebody that can point out some. This is what's going. You need if you do this and fix this, you'll be better. You go out there and do it, and you see the results. Yeah. It's like, oh, I believe I, in see, this guy forever. Now, now. one of the things <laughs> that I think is uh, just a misnomer about managers in baseball, when you get to this point. You're fundamentally sound. Yeah, you like, have things you can work on. Everybody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah, honestly yeah. believe, especially spending time around Terry, I honestly believe that 80% of this job is personal relationships. It's people, people skills. I mean, look, the roster is what it is. The, the <laughs> manager has nothing, almost nothing to do with that in most cities. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when you have the cachet of Terry, the front office is going to come to him and say, look, we like this guy, we like this guy, break the tie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it matters then. But for the most part, incoming managers are handcuffed. Here's your roster. Go win. That's it. So what he's doing is he's finding out how do these 25 fit together best? How do they come together? What's my order look like? You know, which guy's going to win the battle spots? You get second base or left field. So it, you, you are making decisions, but for the most part, you're managing people, if, and, and you were a leader. Yeah. You know that. That's the case. When you're a manager of anything, you're managing people. Now, now it is it is different. Um, I went from in one year, I used to be a person that was in a hospital or whatever on a team, right? And then I was promoted to a team lead, and then all my peers <laughs> be, essentially became uh, my, my, my subordinates or, or the people that reported to me. Right. And one of the things that they said was, was during, that hard? during the interview process, it is in the beginning, but what you have to do is you got to realize that you got to have boundaries at that point. You, now. you have to reestablish the rules of that relationship. Yes. You can still be a person that wants to hear people out and, and be a great person, but then there are certain things that you got to hold people accountable for. Right. And sometimes writing writing somebody up that's been your friend that you didn't went to happy hour with that's and tough. hung out with, that's tough, that's difficult. But here's the thing. It's easier if you do it outside of where you've been at. So I was at the hospital at UH. I moved from UH to the office. So in the office setting, I was managing people that were in the office now. 
So it didn't have to be like, oh, well, I've seen G. Bush hanging out with the people all the time. So just in the case of, of the vote, it would be, I would feel like it's, it's more difficult if he was in the Rays organization or whatever the case is. And be. then became the and manager. Became man. Yeah, because, no, I'll agree with you on that. Yeah, that's 100% that, that's tough. Accurate. That's, that's accurate. But he could go somewhere else, and I think it even works better for him because he got the cachet to say, I, I, I know what it is. I know what the grind is. Well, 60% of this Guardians roster remembers him as a player. Right. Maybe more. Right. So, so that definitely bodes well for him. Now, do you, th- and I was going to ask you this question, Jay. Do you believe that the front office should give him a, what I would call a, uh, a, a, a coming in present? Like, I feel like if they gave him a name, gave him a, we don't usually do this. But we're going to go out and get you a name back or somebody. So at least it ingratiates himself with the fan base. Because at this time, for me, if I'm a, if I'm a season ticket owner, I'm looking for any other way to see how the team fell off. Because you know what they're saying. When Tito was here, this didn't happen. Right. When Tito was here, this, this, that, and this happened. Tito always avoided the catastrophe. Right. I mean, he had two sub-500 records and both times during his 10 years. They were barely. One was two games under 500. Last year was a couple. The thing of it is, you're absolutely right. Management needs to go out and sign some bats. They need to bring in all the help that they can because he's being judged by what he does early on. And give him the tools to win. And don't pull the plug in July if you're two games out of first place. And what did you get? What do you have to show for it? Because it's not going to look good. And you don't want your fan base turning on a guy because he's not Tito. Right. Give him an opportunity to show him he's a different person to Tito and that they could still be successful yeah, in his own I, way. I agree. I, <coughs> again, I didn't know a lot about him uh, post-playing days, but the people that I checked with, glowing things to say about him. He's smart. He respects the game. He's well-liked. He's respected by others. You're not going to find any baggage with this guy. So I, I think that, um, you know, now he's got to put it together. He's got to go on the field. And he's got to win. And if that pitching staff stays healthy, there will be expectations. Yeah. Because last year it didn't, and they weren't far out. So, and look, you know, we saw it with the Rangers. It's easy. It's easier now than it once was Mm -hmm. to flip the script on a 100-loss season. Hell, the other World Series team, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they lost 110 games just two years ago. So, you know, it can be done with the right people, and I think Stephen Vogt was the right guy to lead this this charge. Go ahead, Mike. We got to get some super chats in before the end of the show. And whenever we read super chats, it's brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, PCC Airfoils is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations at PCC Airfoils at Eastlake, Manor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, for benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus, you can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. We got a couple. We got to fly through the first few are about Jay's beard. Damian Frederick says, Jay looks like Wilson. Gatsway. He also says, G. Wilson! Professor Chaos says, since when did Brett Favre join UCSS? <laughs> I, got a, I got a lot of Brett Favre. I heard that a lot. Dontavious Winston says, PJ only threw screens and slants. That, that's why Jed Wills was good. Barely at the block. He'll go back to his old ways. So that's a good point. Watson's back in the lineup. Huh? Uh, Daryl said, Kool-Aid Mafia in the building. Jay is back. G doing G thinks. Tyvis bringing the energy. Let's go. Browns win 27-20 to 20 on Sunday. Wow. Colin Kovac says, G, what do you think about McKinley versus St. Ed's? Do the Bulldogs have a chance this week? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Of course the Bulldogs got a chance this Wait, week. who they, they talk, playing? We just beat Ignatius. We got St. Ed's this week. They got about four Big Ten linemen up front, though. Shout out to McKinley. Um, I'm all, all dogs. They playing Ed's? Yeah, the Ed's is nice. But Woo. do the Cat and McKinley uh, dogs own their own masters? Oh, my gosh. First of all, we're the Bulldogs, Earl. <laughs> we're My not bad. no random mutts. So St. Ignatius is still went to the playoffs after Chuck Kyle left? Yeah, they, they were 2-8, okay. though. Yep. They, they was what? Yeah. They were 2-8 and, they were two and, eight and made the playoffs. Oh, they just one, letting people go one, now. In, in Division 1. What is this, participation trophies? What is in, this? In Division 1, yes. Yes. Man, Man we'll, get back, we'll get back to this. I got a couple more stories. Shame on y'all. Shame on y'all. Big Chuck and Lil John says, go Browns. What? Leo says, for all the dogs by Earl Drake Graham. Michael McGee says, <laughs> love the show, guys. Brings back the sports opinions. Say it again. Bruce Drennan Wait a on STO. Please read that last one again. What, what do you say? Sleepy Leo says, for all the dogs by Earl Drake Graham. Drake has a ghostwriter. <laughs> Earl's got a ghostwriter for his takes. Oh, wow. Uh, Big Chuck and Lil John. Oh, my goodness. I'm just going to read this. I'm not co-signed. I'm just reading this. Jay went and got a BBL, Botox, and a beard. Hashtag new character unlocked. Well, Botox? <laughs> I got no Botox. Michael McGee says, can can we we you better watch out. Can we switch Dolan owners so the, so the Guardians slash Indians can spend? This has- Devoid Archangel says, Jay, is there anyone in the world you don't know? There's no. a lot of people I don't know, Listen, and I'm glad man. I don't. Listen, these super chats. Y'all, y'all know the end of Jerry Springer where they get to talk about the, the people that was on the set. No, that's really you don't Jerry Springer at the end where they where they crack jokes on the people that was on the set. No, the, I the fans. And I, the, I hardly ever watch that show. That's oh, a, man. That's, on, man, that's what that's this lowest is. Lowest common denominator television. It is. Right? Listen, as a he, as a four year old that, kid, he threw you out. He, he threw it at you because you're a middle aged white that's, guy. That's sad. And he he went to the co-sign. Oh, Jerry Springer. As a five year old kid, Jerry Springer, Maury. Judge Joe Brown, Judge Judy, Judge Mathis. That was the best thing. When it come on, Channel 43? Oh, my goodness. What was that Channel 43 on the uh, old thing? Yeah. Your mom did not know you were watching yeah, she all did. that. Yes, she did. I was at my grandparents' house, and they just cut it on, and I just sit there and just watch. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. You got to grow up fast. I, but I, that's, I, what, I that's what Super Chat It was a guilty into. pleasure. When you would turn on the show, Jerry Springer. We're seeing overtime. Oh, you peace. get stuck because you knew there was going to be a fight. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.